So Psalm 42, starting at verse 1. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. While people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One, with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me, and therefore I will remember you. From the land of the Jordan, from the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mazar. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day the Lord directs his love. At night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why, my soul, are you so downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. So as we try to understand and apply this psalm to our lives, as I mentioned with the kids, uh, we want to try to experience some of what the psalmist is experiencing, and we're going to highlight five things. The first three kind of help us capture the emotions of what the psalmist is going through, and the last two kind of are an invitation to go with the psalmist to be anchored where we belong with God. So the first is to taste the dis- desperation and tears. So the psalm opens with this picture of this thirsty deer racing for satisfaction in streams of water. And the psalmist says, the way the, the thirsty deer races after the streams of water, that's how I long to be with God face to face. When will I finally be able to see God face to face? How long will I have to wait to feel like I'm in his presence again? Biblical scholars suggest that the author of this psalm, who is not King David, uh, but a different Israelite, is writing from exile. So the author has been taken from the homeland, from the temple, from worship and all that's familiar is separated from all of that and trying to figure out what life looks like in this new place surrounded with people who don't believe the way he does. And so I think the psalm is helpful for us as we reflect on the past year and as we try to emerge. As we, we, part of it is easy for us to connect with that sense of separation and not having, you know, the psalmist talks about how 
the psalmist talks about remembering times when they went to worship. And they were with this crowd of people and they were shouting praises to God and they were singing at the top of their lungs together and they were celebrating the eating together in these great worship festivals and experiencing the wonder of the belonging in the community of God. And as we've endured this past year, many of us have had times where we longed to share those things again. The psalmist says, it's so hard to be here, separated from all came out as we were tasting that thirst, that desperate thirst to be in God's presence, to be, to have those experiences again that used to give us life, that we, we were just in the moment and everything seemed wonderful. But now, the psalmist is describing this time where they're feeling isolated, separated, dry, thirsty. The psalmist says, I remember these times of great, grand, rich, life-giving worship when I was together with my people in our homeland and we went to the temple together and we worshiped and we knew that God was with us. We experienced it. There are times in our lives where maybe you're experiencing it now, maybe it's a time that you remember where you, you sat down and you read God's Word and it just felt like every word was leaping off the page, that the God of the universe was speaking to you and into your experience through these words written on this page. But there are other times that we sit down with Scripture hoping to meet with God and it feels like they're just words on a page and it, it just feels like this dry, desert kind of time and we're, we want to experience God more fully, but we just, it's not connecting for some reason. So we have this longing for what could be. And sometimes we have that longing for what could be and we know we experience something better than what we have now. And sometimes some of us are longing for what could be we know where we want to go is better than we've ever experienced before. Some of us, I assume, in this room feel like your prayer might be, Lord, why am I waiting? I'm ready to be in your presence. I'm ready for heaven. I can't do the things I used to do as well as I used to do them. I'm struggling to find my purpose here, and I'm just ready for glory. I'm ready for the fulfillment of all that you've done for me. I just want to be with you and I don't know why I'm still here. So the psalmist is anxious and thirsty for this life-giving experience with God. Longing for this rich time that's captured in what he used to know. But sometimes the ideal, what we know is coming, what we know we're waiting for, isn't even something we've fully experienced yet. We just know it's better than what we have now. But sometimes it's not just the experiences and circumstances of our lives that get us down. It's the taunts of the skeptics around us. And so we're invited to hear with the psalmist the taunts of the skeptics who say day and night, 
Where is your God? What's he doing now? So as the psalmist has been removed from home, taken far away to this strange land that doesn't have the temple, doesn't have these markers of faith and experience with God, but instead, the people are now surrounded and scattered among people who don't believe in the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In our current society, our culture is more and more we hear the voices that don't echo our faith, but instead taunt us or are inviting us to go a different way. And it can wear us out. We want to stand strong and be a witness to the God we know, the God of Scripture, to Jesus Himself. But sometimes the questions that they ask are questions that we don't want to admit it, but we have too. They say, where's your God now? And we think, I've been praying for him to show up and I don't know what he's waiting for. I don't know why he's holding back. And we know that he's not really, but it can easily feel like he is. We know he's always at work, doing just the right thing at just the right time. But sometimes the things that we've been praying for, the things that we've been waiting for, the picture that we have for what it's going to take for God to really come through in this moment, we keep waiting. It's hard. The psalmist says, not only am I longing, am I panting for streams of water for this experience of life-giving spiritual food the way I've known it before, not only am I longing for what I used to experience, the richness and closeness with you, but I'm surrounded by these taunting voices. And it's wearing me out, and it's so hard, in fact. The psalmist describes it as feeling like his bones are being crushed. He's just feeling beat up and wounded. The psalmist is anchored. He's feeling the weight of the storm and as the power of the winds and the rains are coming down on him in this, sorry, mixing metaphors, he's feeling dry but wet at the same time. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but in the midst of the storm, the psalmist is still anchored in the truth of who God is and how deeply God loves him. And so I love that the psalms teach us the language of faith. That they help us express to God the things that we're going through. And we get to be honest about the joys and the wonder that we see, and we also get to be honest about the hardship and the confusion and the fear that we have. That God is great and awesome and trustworthy as He is also makes room for us to be broken and not quite certain. And so the psalmist's example invites us to ask our honest questions to God as well. And so scattered throughout this psalm, there are these echoes, of these honest and hard questions. The psalmist says, so I, I say to God my rock, this great declaration of faith, God is this mighty mountain 
who keeps me safe and is my fortress. And yet, what does, what does the psalmist say? What does the psalmist ask? Why have you forgotten me? You're my rock, but I feel like I'm drifting all alone. Where are you now? Why have you... Why is it your will? Why, why is it your good pleasure? Why is it that I find myself mourning and grieving in this place surrounded by people who are mocking me? Oppressed by the enemy. When I know I could be with you. Back home where I belong. And so the psalmist continues to ask God these questions. But remind, with reminders of who God is and how faithful He is and how trustworthy. But we're invited to ask our honest questions too. I'm not sure what your questions are today, but I suspect you have some. The psalmist in this echoing refrain Ask questions of himself as well. It says, My soul, why are you so downcast, so disturbed within me? Like when I think of all these things that I know that are true of God, how faithful he's been, how much I can trust him, how he fulfills every promise, why is this so hard for me? Why am I feeling all these things? And it Reminded me a little bit of uh, conversations I've had throughout my life looking in the mirror. Um, so, may not be a common experience, but I've often had conversations with myself in the mirror. Um, I've mentioned before that I didn't always spend as much time with actual people as I wanted to. And so, sometimes I had to fill the gap. Uh, and it's always... <laughs> It's always kind of more pleasant to act, look somebody in the eye when you want to have a conversation, so I looked myself in the eye. Um, and sometimes I would be having conversations about how to solve the world's problems and uh, going on rants about if we just did this and whatever, all these things would be fixed. Uh, I just needed somewhere to share my ideas and wasn't convinced there were too many people <laughs> interested. Um, Sometimes I practiced conversations that mattered. I had to have a difficult conversation or I was trying to understand an issue with a friend and so I'd practice this conversation to kind of think through it or actually practice to actually have it. And sometimes like the psalmist, I look in the mirror and challenge myself. Why is this so hard for you? Why do you feel so stuck in this moment? What's it going to take for you to break through? wasn't very good at the pep talks. Maybe that would have been better than just asking the questions. But the psalmist invites us to have self-reflection as well. Say, in light of all these things that we know of God and all that we've experienced with him, why do we find ourselves in this struggle at this time? The psalmist doesn't leave us in the questions. Psalmist invites us to find our anchor in the truth of who God is. 
And the psalmist gives us this example of asking these questions and being honest about our struggle and our spiritual drought for reminding ourselves and speaking the truth and believing it. As we reflect on who God is, how He's revealed Himself, how we've experienced Him, what He's promised us, what His Word says, what He has for us. So the psalmist says, Oh my soul, why are you so downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. Because He's enough. Just remember who He is and what He's done. He's the God who brought us out of Egypt. He's the God who entered our world as one of us and laid His life out on the cross to pay for our sin, that we would be forgiven. He's the God who rose from the dead, conquering evil and death and sin. So as we trust in Him, as we turn from our sin and turn toward Him, we're made righteous and whole. We have the right to become children of God. Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise Him. I will praise Him again. And sometimes we find the strength to praise God in the midst of our drought and say, it doesn't, I'm not necessarily exper- expressing what I feel, but I know it's true. I know you love me. I know you're always good. I know you never change. I know you're always just. I know I can trust you. And sometimes that declaration, I will praise him again, is just a way for us to say, I don't know how to find the words for it right now, but I know who God is. And I know that as I walk with him, staying anchored to who he is and what he has for me, I know I will again experience a day, a time, a moment where I will praise Him, where I will see Him breaking through the drought and through the storm, and He will bring peace to all this. I will again praise Him. In verse 8, Psalmist has just been, uh, so we heard this echo I put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. Verse 6, my soul is downcast within me, therefore I will remember you. So again, we find that anchor. I am downcast, and therefore I want to turn my attention to who God is and what He's done and what He has for me. I will remember what you said and what you've done. And yet, It's followed up with this description of these raging and roaring mountain streams that feel like they're overwhelming the psalmist. Just kind of overwhelmed and doused and weak, overpowered. But then the psalmist remembers and declares, By day the Lord directs His love. At night His song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. The word for God in most of the psalm is the Hebrew word Elohim, which is kind of a, just a general term for God. 
But in this verse, as the psalmist is trying to recover from this sense of being just overwhelmed and undermined by the rush of these waters that he can't control. He says, the Lord delivers and guides his faithful love by day. And the word for Lord there is the personal covenantal name Yahweh, the great I am. The God who is, the God who's true, the God who acts, the God who exists, the one true God. And so the psalmist reflects and remembers and says, Why, O oh my soul, are you so downcast and disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him. I will praise Him again. I feel overwhelmed, feel dried out and overwhelmed by the waters all at the same time. I guess that mixed metaphor was appropriate. But I know that the Lord's faithful love is delivered. It's expressed by day and at night. I have the echoes of His truth that sustain me and be, they become a song, my song, back to the Lord who gives me life. A prayer to Him. That the things that we've known of God, the things He's said to us, the things that He's declared and promised, they're our anchor. It's where we find our hope where we anchor our lives, find our foundation and our footing. Because in those things that God has revealed about Himself, His love and His mercy and His justice, His righteousness, His holiness, that's where we find Him. And in Him we find strength and hope. He sustains us. And the truth that He declares over us is the way we experience and receive His love. And the truth that He declares over us become our song back to Him. The way that we praise Him and the prayer that we have becomes the food for our conversation with Him. So today, you might be overflowing in joy. And there may be a different psalm that fits you best today. Last week, we read Psalm 23, this beautiful picture of just how awesome God is and how He invites us close and provides for us in everything. Psalm 23 opens by saying, The Lord is my shepherd, and in Him I lack nothing. I want for nothing. Psalm 42 doesn't deny that that's true, but expresses that sometimes we don't feel that. Sometimes we do feel like we're wanting. We're not fulfilled yet. But even in those moments, we can still be anchored in who God is and what He has for us by looking to what He says speaking the truth, and believing. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you this morning, and we need you. 
There's no one else like you who knows us and all the mess that we have, all the gifts that we have, but wow, all the confusion too. You make space for us like no one does. You know exactly what all our sin and confusion costs us, and you paid for it so we could be set free and find our home in you. So Lord, give us faith to ask our honest questions, but know that you listen and know that you are the solution to everything that we ask. We pray that you give us your truth. Help us understand your word and believe it more and more that it would define us in our relationship with you. Would more and more consume who we are and define our identity. That we would truly find ourselves in you and in you alone, Lord Jesus. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.